You're listening to the weekly sermon podcast from Union Road Presbyterian Church. For more information, join us on Facebook or visit our website at unionroad.org.uk. I want to speak tonight um, for a few moments on this passage in Mark's Gospel, chapter 1, verses 16 to 20. And really what I want to speak about is the following, about how God calls people. Now, do you ever dread that call first thing in the morning? Right, Jimmy, or right, Joey, or right, whatever your name is, it's time to get up for school. Do you ever dread your mommy or daddy coming in and saying to you, it's time to get up to go to school? Who likes going to school? A small proportion of the whole. All right? So, when they come in, do you ever go to yourself... I wish I could go back to sleep again. I wish I could stay in bed. I wish I didn't have to get up. Do you ever feel like that? Yes, there's hands going up. Of course we feel like that. I feel like that some mornings too. Some days when I think of what I have actually ahead of me, I say to myself, oh dear, I just want to stay in bed. And I'm sure we can all identify with that particular feeling or those sort of type of scenarios. Scripture tells us that Jesus called many different types of people. And what we find here in Mark's Gospel, chapter 1, is that he called disciples. Disciples were followers. Disciples were people that wanted to know stuff. Disciples were people just like you and me that wanted to know more about the Lord Jesus. That's what disciples actually are. And so this is what Jesus does here in Mark's gospel. And sometimes Jesus called people to follow him and they said yes, just like we see with these four lads here. And then other times Jesus spoke to people, but they didn't really listen. They did this. They put their fingers in their ears and never let on what Jesus was saying in the first place. Some people listened some people rejected. And sometimes it's hard to discern a call. Sometimes it's hard to figure out what somebody's trying to say to us. Ladies that are in the room, and I'm somebody that's not married, so I can't speak about this in some senses, but sometimes women are hard to figure out. So they are. Sometimes you say one thing, but you mean something completely different. Oh, yes, that's nice. And you're not really saying that. You're saying, oh, gritted teeth. What did they ever buy me that present for? You know, there's some of those sort of type of things. Sometimes men are hard to figure out as well. Sometimes it's hard to figure out what God's saying to us. And the younger you are, the harder it is to figure it out. What we find in Mark's gospel is that Jesus was passing alongside the Sea of Galilee where he spent so much of his time. Jesus spent so much of his time around water around this coastline. He spent like an inordinate amount of time with fishermen, big, rough, tough individuals. That's what he did. He lived there, he slept there, he ate there, and he moved in those circles. 
And what we find is that he has an open and a straightforward conversation with these four people, particularly Simon, Peter, and his brother, Andrew. He says to them, follow me, and I will make you to become fishers of men. Verse 17, Mark 1. So he passes along the side of the sea. And he directs the call to four fellows in particular. Firstly, Simon and Andrew, and then James and John. And they had something in common. They were fishermen. Now, what, what do fishermen do? What do they do? What's their job? Yes. Catch fish. Fisherman doesn't go out to catch dogs. Sure, he doesn't. He doesn't throw the, the line out and the dog comes in. He throws the bait out and a fish, a haddock, a cod, something else comes in on the end of the line. Jesus called these men to do a job. He called them to fish. Now you might say to yourself, well, how did he call them to fish? They were fishing already. But yes, they were, but they weren't fishing for the right thing. They were fishing for fish. But they weren't fishing for boys and girls and men and women, just like the Bible tells us. So there was direction to his call. He says, follow me, and I will make you to become fishers of men. Now, if somebody came up to you and said to you, I want you to follow me, would you do it? You shouldn't really, should you? If a stranger comes to you, I'm talking to the wee boys in particular, if a stranger comes to you in the street and says, come on with me, are you going to go with them? You should never do that. Never. But these were grown men. These were men who actually had figured out that there was something unique and special and different about this Jesus who was speaking to them. And so they were prepared to give up everything they ever knew. They were prepared to give up fishing for fish and go and fish for men. And so they discerned that there was something new and different and special about this Lord Jesus. And they were prepared to be committed to the work that he was calling them to. Commitment's a big thing in these days. Commitment sometimes, folks, is a dirty word because commitment takes brawn and brains and determination. And sometimes we're not that terribly determined. Uncle, not bother going to BB the night because I'm tired. Uncle, not bother listening to that uh, officer or captain or whatever because, sure, what do they know? I know everything. And we can all be a bit like that at times. These men, strangely enough, listened to Jesus' call, and they got up from what they were doing. Simon and Andrew, first of all, they got away from their livelihood. They walked away from everything they ever knew, and they did exactly what Jesus asked them to do. He says, uh, follow me, and I will give you a different job. I'm going to call you. I'm going to give you something different to do. It's sort of similar and different at the same time. So there was direction to the call. There was a disposition to the call as well. And what that really means is that there was, there was an attractiveness about it because, in a sense, they could have said, no, I don't want to leave my father. I don't want to leave my boats. I don't want to leave my fish. I don't want to leave my home. I want to stay where I am. But they don't do that. They get up and they go. Jesus doesn't couch what he has to say in a lot of complicated language, he gets the point. 
says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. There's something divine happening here. There's something from heaven happening here because Jesus is, after all, folks, the Son of God. And he knows why he's asked them to come and follow him as his disciples so that they might learn more about him and that they might tell others about him as well. But you know something? These men needed to be retrained. Does anybody play on a football team? Right. Do you go to training? Don't you? You go out for training. Does anybody play a moiler? Right. Hans going to blick us here. Right. When do you go to training? When are your training nights for moiola there in the middle? Yes, you. Monday night. And what night? Right. And so what do you do at training on a Monday and a Thursday? Okay. So you do, you do trials and you do things to get your fitness up so that you can score goals. Do you score many goals? A hat trick? Good man. Good lad. Not too many hat trick scores on here, so there's not. You see, Jesus was scoring a hat trick essentially with these fellows because he was saying to them, look, you need to go into training. You know what it's like when you play on a football team, if you're a forward or somebody that plays back or a goalkeeper or whatever, there's different skills needed for all that sort of type of stuff. And Jesus realized that these men would need new skills. What they've learned already will stick with them. What they've learned about fishing, throwing the net out and throwing the line out and catching things and bringing them in, that's really valuable. But I had to tell them something else as well. You have your hand up. What were you going to tell me? Did you? So there's two hat-trick scorers on here. That's amazing. I couldn't score a hat-trick if I saved, to save my life. So you have done better than me, okay? Jesus had to retrain these men so that they might not fish just for fish, but fish for human beings to go out and tell the gospel, to go out and tell about Jesus, to go out and tell them about all the things that Jesus had come to tell them about. And the third thing we see is that there's distinctiveness to this call. It was different. Something different about this Jesus, something unique about this Jesus, something that attracted them to him, drew them to him. Follow me and I will. It doesn't say follow me and I might. He says follow me and I will make you to become fishers of men. Now, what are fishers of men? Fishers of men are people who care about others. Fishers of men are people who share their faith in Jesus Christ with their work colleagues, with the people they live in the house with, with the next door neighbor, whoever that happens to be. That's who fishers of men are, and they can be men or women. But in this case, we're talking about men. And fishers of men are not only saved people, but people have got a real desire and heart for the gospel. We're in a, a season at the minute where we celebrate Harvest Thanksgiving. And one of my two congregations today in Swatra, we were, we were doing that this afternoon. And we we're celebrating God's goodness and God's provision for us and all of those sort of type of things. And there's a verse in Scripture and it tells us that the fields are white unto harvest, but the reapers to gather it in are so few. The fishermen and women to go out and grab the harvest and trail it in 
are few and far between. There's something similar here in Mark's gospel. I will make you to become fishers of men. You see, boys, the BB tells us that we are lost without a Savior. That it doesn't matter what age you are, whether you're six or 60. If you don't know and love Jesus, you're wandering around like a lost soul. And that's why the BB tells you about Jesus. That's why your Bible class, that's why your Bible stories, and all of us that's focused on the Savior. And that's so vitally important, and that's what we all need. Every single last person in this room needs a loving, active, credible relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And I don't care who you are or where you're from, what you have or what you do not have. I'm not interested in that. But I am interested in your salvation. I'm interested in where you're going to go in eternity. And that goes for the lads as well. Jesus was interested in people's eternity so much that he was prepared to call disciples to himself so that they would multiply and go out and tell others about what he had said. How he said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. That's what he's interested in. And he's interested in you. Whether you're a member of the Boys Brigade Company in First Macrofelt or you are not, he's interested in you. And he's interested in your eternity. Where you're going to be forever. There's direction in his call. There's disposition in his call and effectiveness in his call. And there's distinctiveness in this call to each one of us. Because what was the reaction of Simon and Andrew and James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were also known as the sons of Boagenaries, sons of thunder, tight, hard, rough individuals who hit first and thought later on. That's exactly what sort of type of fellows they were. I was visiting a guy during the week, and he was going to a new job, and the job didn't work out, so he's going to another new one, and he says to me, I did something really bad in the job, and I'm not going to tell you what it is, because I said to him, never tell you that a Presbyterian minister ever told you to do that. And this is one of these guys who's a boxer by trade, who hits first and thinks later. These people, James and John in particular, were, were sons of thunder. They were thunderous. They were people that didn't think about what they were going to say. And Jesus needed to retrain them so that they would know what the gospel was. But the whole point of it is this. Simon and Andrew and James and John could have said no. But they didn't say no. They said yes. They said yes. They said yes to Jesus. They said yes to leaving their father and their belongings and their families and their boats and the Sea of Galilee far, far, far behind. They gave up their livelihood. They gave up all they ever knew to follow this Savior. And folks, Jesus asks each one of us tonight, and it requires something of you because if you're sitting here tonight, you'll not be able to go out of this church and say, well, I never heard, I never was told, because you've been told. 
See, the gospel's for each one of us, and the gospel requires an answer from us. And it's either a yes or a no. It's a positive response or a negative one. And it's so important, folks, that the positive response is the right one. James and John left their father Zebedee in his boat with hired servants who weren't renowned in biblical times for being terribly effective. They were hired servants. They didn't do often what they were called to do. They left their father behind with strangers to go and follow Jesus. Folks, we're here tonight not just for a boys' brigade enrollment. We're here tonight to hear the gospel. And the gospel is this, that Christ dies for sinners just like you and me. From these wee lads in the front row right to the older people sitting in the back, Christ has died for sinners just like us. That's why we have the opportunity again tonight to respond to him. Jesus calls you and me to follow him. Well, what are you going to do with that call? Is it going to be a yes or is it going to be a no? Because a no will land you in terrible hot water. The, the no answer is going to land you in a lost eternity. That's fact. That's not fiction. That's not fairy stories. That's not something somebody made up. It's going to land you in a terrible place for all eternity. But you see, when you respond to the Lord Jesus and you say yes, that's a totally different kettle of fish. Because he draws you into his kingdom and he looks after you and he, and he takes you to be with himself, which is by far better. Jesus called to follow him. What are you going to do with him tonight? Are you going to give your lives to him? Are you going to put it off again and again and again? It's time to follow the Lord, folks. It's time to trust him. It's time to repent. It's time to say sorry. And it's time to love him with all of your heart. 